Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back. It's over. Thank God it's over. <laughs> Michigan State season is over officially. <laughs> uh, 86 to 80 loss in the first four rounds of the NCAA tournament uh, early this morning. Um, it's about noon on, uh, on, on uh, what, what day is it? Friday. Uh, joined by Matt Charbonneau, uh, our Michigan State beat writer. He's still in lovely West Lafayette, Indiana. Um, we were going to record this podcast uh, after, uh, after he got done with all his work last night. But it happened to be like um, 4 a.m. And so I was asleep. So we're doing it now. Like, like 3 a.m. Uh, Come on. It was late. It was late. It was late. I, I, you know, it's funny because I, I, I lied down for like, told myself five, 10 minutes, and then I'll hear when he calls or texts. No, I didn't wake up until, you know, 9 a.m. So, uh, but here we are anyway. Uh, it, you know, look, um, you know, it's, it's over. Michigan State's done. Um, they lose to UCLA in a game that couldn't been more appropriate in defining how the season went, Matthew. <laughs> Great start. All the promise in the world. Horrific finish. <laughs> and it's over. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, it's, and that's kind of what I it's kind of what I wrote today whenever people hear this or pick up the pa- pick up the paper. Who am I getting? Click the on the paper? story. Um, that this is kind of, it's almost, it almost had to end this way. Right. I don't know if it, that means it had to end on this day against this team, but I mean, in this fashion, because they played at times, some of the best offensive basketball they've played all year, um, really had control of the game. And these are, these are all the things that Tom Izzo said post game. It's, it sucks to lose it when you feel like you haven't control. But if we go back and, you know, Look at the season. This is a theme we've seen, and it's kind of eerie almost how this game ended the way the Purdue game back in January ended that kind of sent Michigan State on this crazy year. Not You know, they had lost two games before that, obviously. But, um, you know, to play so well, to have the game in control, and not even the 14-point lead late in the first half. I mean, that matters. You gave that away. But they lose the lead late in the game, and they come back and respond from it and get a five, six-point lead. You've got the game in control there. With a minute 29 left, they've got a five-point lead. You win those games. You have to win those games. Oh, I, thought, team, I, thought, I thought it was over. I thought it was over. Yeah, but this team, as we've seen, and when you take a look back, has kind of shown this all year. You know, aside from those big wins against, you know, Illinois, Iowa State, Michigan, they haven't been able to close. They haven't made the key plays on the stretch, and it's the same plays. It's the turnovers. It's the poor shot selection and, of course, the rebounding. I mean, they give up another offensive rebound on a free throw that loses them a game, essentially. Now, look, same as the Purdue game, there's a lot of things they could have done differently to win the game. There's certainly more things they could have done last night. Rocket Watts could have taken a better shot than that three halfway through the clock with 50 seconds left. But you lose, you get that kid to miss a front end of one-on-one who scored 27 last night. 
you get that rebound, the game's yeah. over. There's about 30. There's about at that point, maybe 40 seconds left or something like that. You got a three point lead is all you got to do is make a free throw and the game's over. Instead, they give it the offensive rebound. And it's like they all, it's, they all go to help on Tiger Campbell and leaves a kid wide open for a layup and the three point play. And you guys all know how finished. But I it's mean, it's less than a, it's yeah. less than a 10 percent chance to get an offensive rebound on a free throw. Unless you're playing Michigan State. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, the B and you see it because so many teams now, you know, the, these, the teams that are at the free throw line, they don't even put guys on the line a lot of the time because the odds are so ridiculously slim of getting an offensive rebound on a free throw. And yet there, it was just, it it was just the perfect ending to a miserable season. Yeah, Um, it was. It was. It was again. There's and then in the overtime is when this turnover starting. You know, Langford a turnover, Henry a turnover. And they had nothing. They, they, had didn't, nothing they didn't. They didn't. And and some of it you can understand. And it sounds like a big excuse. And you know, everyone's dealt with it this year. Uh, but I I felt like that they needed to win that in regulation. Oh yeah, and, yeah. Because they were done. You could kind of see it happening. Well, the last two or three the, minutes of re- the last four minutes really of regulation. It, it, the legs were getting soft. Uh, you know, you could see it. You know, a little bit in their eyes. It was just. You know, panic time, fatigue time, and uh, you know well, it's over. And uh, I'm sure you're happy. It's I'm sure you're happy. It's over. <laughs> well, it's been a weird year, uh, to say the least. And people don't want to hear my complaint or whatever. It's it's been bizarre. But I, honest to God, when 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 UCLA took that lead and Michigan State responded with what six in a row, seven in a row, right. I thought, oh wow, that is that's impressive. They just retook control of the game like that. You know, and there's it just it, it's it's really remarkable. Those small little things continued. Look, they happen during a year, but to continue to happen to this team over and over. And it's those little things that usually Michigan State teams are good at. But again, they're a 15 win team. So how surprised should we really be? Oh, I don't I mean, think anyone I don't think anyone's surprised. I think fans are disappointed because you had yeah. the game won. Um, that was your game to win. You could have, you know, made the most of a rotten season, you know, gotten into the first round, maybe picked off one against BYU or whatever, you know, and and get to the second round and, you know, call it a a weird, but, uh, you know, you made the most of it year. And uh, and they should have been able to do that. They had that opportunity. They were in position. I mean, look, there are very few games this year where Michigan State has, you know, has been in a position where I said, oh, they got this game won. This is theirs. And last night was one of them when they had the five-point lead with 90 seconds to go. And, uh, man, it just uh, – but then, you know, I think this year is going to go down as well, – this year is going to go down as you extended the streak. And that's all it's going to be remembered for. Yeah. And uh, yeah. next year's next year is going to be better, I have no doubt, um, should they decide to um, – try out this new invention called a point guard. I think next year is going to be promising um, and better than this year. But, you know, this year is going to be like, you know what, you you fought, you showed grit. It was a miserable year. The fans, it was not great for the fans. But you fought and you got in the tournament. You made it 23 in a row. And now this streak will probably end up going to like into the 30s. And I think that's all this season is going to be remembered for. Yeah, and That's okay. That's okay. Let me yeah. talk about this when they had no chance to make the NCAA tournament. That's okay. You know, yeah. it's okay to have a bad year, bad, you know, like, like, you know, like, you know, there are many division one teams that would kill to have this bad year. But when you're Michigan State, it's a bad year. Uh, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. 
but you made the streak and that's all this is going to be remembered for. Listen to you talking everybody down today, but you, I, but I know right. I am, I am the, I'm the beacon of positivity. Always have been. The thing always about, will be. Yeah. The, the frustrating thing is they said many times last night, it was it's the way you lost that, that right. was frustrating in the moment. But yeah, when, I mean, but you had, again, you had several of those this year. So yeah, when you take a step no, back, better than, days, that's better than thinking. losing by 30 to Minnesota. So. Well, that's true. Or 15 to Northwestern or whatever. But yeah, it's just losing the, the fashion you did. Cause you're right. I think they could, they, they could have made something out of this. It is what it is. They did make the season or, you know, make the tournament. I, I'm not going to sit here and rehash this game all night. Cause whatever. They had a chance to win. They lost. But I think the bigger, some bigger questions are this roster and everything moving forward. But real quick, mm-hmm. I think we probably we should probably touch on the Gabe no, Brown. Yeah, yeah there's no kerfuffle. <laughs> kerfuffle seems like a popular word lately. By the way, um, I saw they use kerfuffle. Everyone used kerfuffle last week when uh, John Howard and Mark Turgeon were in their little spat. I, I like everywhere. I was like, what? Did someone pass out like word of the day calendar and everyone used kerfuffle? But I, I gotta um, be honest, that's we'll, one we'll one use it for Izzo and Gabe Brown. That's one word I've never used in a story. Um, but I, did, I haven't written it. I'm just I would, saying. I would, I would bet my house that Lynn Hennings used it in a story. So, oh, okay. sure. Come on. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Well, back. anyway, let's I, go back to uh, yeah. and this. Was, this was important because Michigan State was dominating the first half. Um, they had a uh, 14 point lead in the final seconds of the first half. And um, well, it was 13 at that point. 13. Oh, that was ended up being a two. That's right. Okay, so 13-point yeah. lead. Uh, it was a defensive breakdown involved Gabe Brown. UCLA gets the two to pull within 11 at halftime and kind of take it from – I mean, everyone saw it. But tell us what happened. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I remember those saying who didn't, For those who didn't see it, see it. Tell us what happened and then tell us what happened, if you know what I mean. <laughs> well, real quick, it was funny. I remember thinking they, they took that 13-point lead. I'm like, well, don't give up a – don't give up an easy bucket here at the end of the half. And that's exactly what they did. You know, so what happened was Malik Hall and Gabe Brown miscommunicated on a switch and left UCLA's best player wide open. And he hit an open shot at the buzzer and did what everyone was saying you shouldn't do at the end. Well, of course, Tom is laying into Gabe Brown about it. And, and uh, by the way, Malik Hall was yelling at Gabe Brown to start that out too. Um, but, you know, Gabe Brown went right back at Tom Izzo with his finger in Izzo's face and, trying to go up the tunnel. And of course, Tom grabs Gabe's arm and pulls him back toward him. Gabe pulls away and grab, you know, Tom grabs his shirt and Gabe whacks it away as he goes up the tunnel and Tom goes after him. And by then they're at the end of the tunnel and you think that's it. But I mean, again, we we saw this two years ago with Tom Izzo getting a bunch of grief going at Aaron Henry. The difference was there wasn't, he didn't grab Aaron Henry. All right. And I understand how Tom Izzo coaches and how most of these people have played with him. They expect it. All right. They know how Tom Izzo coaches. And there's a lot of people defending Tom Izzo last night on social media. And I get it. Um, you, you can't touch your players. You just can't. I'm not sitting here indicting Tom Izzo saying he should, you know, ban the man, you know, he's, but that is just a really, really bad look. In my opinion, you can yell and scream all you want. And we know that's how he coaches. You, you can't grab them. I, I don't know what comes of it. I'm not sure anything will come of it other than people debating it like us. I don't know. What do you think? I, I'm, all right. 
um, at the risk of being totally annihilated by the social media police, um, <laughs> which, oh, look, social media is divided into two camps on this. There's this, there's a ton of supporters. 99.9% uh, .9 of them have a green avatar on their Twitter profile. And then there's the uh, other, you know, you know, there's the other half that um, are so anti-time as of doing this. And 99.9% .9 of them have a maize and blue avatar on their Twitter, uh, <laughs> on their Twitter profile picture. So um, look, I agree with you. Um, you. You don't grab your players. Now you grab the bag of a Jersey. <coughs> Not the worst thing in the world. Um, but I agree with you. Uh, you know, I mean, he's got to just cool it a little bit, you know, but I also understand when you're in the heat of the moment, um, things get the better of you. Uh, and they get the better of players too. Um, Gabe Brown put his, you know, he got right in Izzo's face. Um, yep. So, look, it's competition. Uh, this this happens. Yep. Um, I, I agree with you. You don't, you don't touch the players um, in that manner. Um, but I also think, you know, we're not looking at, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, you know, the, uh, the late career uh, emergence of a, a Bobby Knight or a Woody Hayes. We're not there, people. So calm down no. on that. All right. We're not there. Yeah. Uh, this is not that. Um, Tom Izzo doesn't have 20 to 30 former players who speak out against the guy being a tyrant like Bobby Knight does. Uh, you know, I mean, we're just not there. I mean, his players love him. Uh, the unfortunate thing about the COVID situation with the NCAA tournament is the media access is very limited. Um, so we, uh, you did not get to speak to Gabe Brown last night, which is unfortunate. I think he should have been made available um, for a story that was um, talked about nationally at halftime. It was talked about nationally right after the game ended. That was one of the big topics, not even that UCLA won. It was about that, that they were talking about on the CBS roundtable right after the game. So I, I wish Gabe Brown would have been made available uh, to uh, speak his mind and share his perspective. Um, but look, not every situation involving a coach and a player is equal. Um, you know, it's not Bobby Knight. It's, it's not Woody Hayes. It's Tom Izzo. He's no. an emotional person. Um, if Izzo had to, you know, if Izzo had to go back and, and do it all over again, I'm sure he wouldn't have grabbed his jersey. Um, but, uh, you know, the one thing I didn't like about Izzo is that he kind of mocked that the question was asked last night. I, did, I didn't appreciate that. Um, come on, Tom. I mean, you know that question's going to be asked. You were caught on national television grabbing a player, you know, that's going to be asked about. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, you've been in the media, around the media long enough. You consider yourself the most media-friendly or media-available coach in college sports today. You, you know that question's going to be asked, and rightly so. Um, so I just wish Gabe Brown would have been available um, in a normal NCAA year. He would have been, um, you know, the, the Henry thing, you know, there are people on Twitter who thought the Henry thing was worse uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I didn't like, I didn't like the look of that. I didn't like the look of that either, but then again, you go at, no. you know, the weird thing is, is that um, a week ago at the big 10 tournament, um, when the game between Maryland and Michigan, Jawan Howard has to be restrained from beating Mark Turgeon into a pulp. Um, and, uh, and everyone loved that. Everyone loved that. And I liked, I liked the emotion. I thought it was, I thought it was good to see. Um, but, uh, you know, that was pretty bad look too, but it was weird because a, a lot of people like that. And, and then 
a lot of people don't like this. And so I think, again, it's hard to find a neutral party to assess this. You know, on Twitter, the instant reaction you get when you're watching Michigan or Michigan State is you get the Michigan State fans one way, the Michigan fans another way. And it's hard to find that middle lane just to really gauge what people think. But I agree with you. It's a bad look. You don't grab your players. Does anything come of this? Probably not. I, I, again, it's not Bobby Knight. It's not what he is. No, I mean, it is, it's not going to amount to me. I, in saying that it's not, you know, that's the thing I try, I'm trying not to be like, Hey, Tom Izzo can do no wrong, but also saying this isn't the end of the world. You know, this isn't, it's not all those things. And but, yeah, it's bad. Yeah. You shouldn't do it. And I guarantee if he takes maybe today, he's saying, God damn it. I shouldn't have, I didn't need to grab the kid or whatever. I guarantee he's, I'd be shocked if he doesn't think that. And you're right. Having Gabe Brown available would have made a big difference. Cause that was the key two years ago that Aaron Henry immediately was like, are you kidding me? No, this no. is not. And so we're able to say right away, hey, the kid's like, no, this is nonsense, whatever. And maybe Gabe Brown would have said that. Maybe he wouldn't have. I have no idea. I assume Gabe Brown, since he was going right back at him, would have been like most of the reaction we saw last night from former players. Like, this is normal stuff. Um, I, I'm with you. I don't love that Tom Izzo tries to make it about us. I, I don't care. You want to uh, criticize the media? Fine. I don't care. But this is not about this is not about questions being asked. This this happens. So, I mean, like, what do you think is going to happen? It, I mean, it, it, you, it, you know, yeah, you've seen, it's, you're it's being shown on national television grabbing a player. You're going to be asked about it, Tom. I mean, come on. Yeah. So, but you know, whatever. I'll give him a little pass on that too. Like, I'm after a game we just gave away. I'm probably not in a great mood either. You know? No, so, no, but you know, you what? know, that's why sometimes you get. You get I, I'm, I'm just, I'm talking in terms of the reaction to us. Yeah. You know, I can see being annoyed and being like, ah, you know, whatever. You know, yeah. if we got them again, like another day or two from now, sometimes we do get a little season wrap up. Maybe right. we will, and maybe he'll have a different. Maybe he'll say, hey, you know what? You're right. I. Shouldn't have grabbed him. I was still, I was still pissed at him, and I'm still going to yell at him. And we're still going to go at it, but I'm not going to grab. You know what I mean? So, who knows? I obviously we had to talk about. I don't. Again, it'll be a big topic for a day or so. I yeah. don't think it's some sign of this is how Tom is abusive towards his players. There's never been any indication from that ever. Um, really, you see nothing but support from his players and his former players, even yeah. even players that didn't get along with them while they went there. Uh, you know, they yeah. come out of it saying, well, it actually was pretty good for me. You know, I, I did, I did grow up a lot, but yeah. you don't, we'll you don't see. hear we'll, rumblings. We'll of, yeah. You don't hear rumblings of Tom being an abusive guy. It's just, oh, right. That's, yeah. I mean, it doesn't had, happen. I mean, I mean, there are rumblings of him, you know, being a controlling person, but most coaches well, yeah. are. Most coaches yeah, he doesn't are. hide that. No, uh, you know, um, but, um, you know, I just, the whole media thing, it's like, yeah, you don't want to make it about us, but, the whole tone in his voice when that question was asked, it's like, you guys are, oh, you guys are beautiful, man. I mean, it's just, I hate yeah, we didn't, when we people didn't make it like that. You know, if you don't get a question asked that you like, then it's somehow the media's fault. And it's just, come on. I, I hate that. We didn't, I, I wish that didn't, didn't create it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, silly, we, but you know, you're going to be asked about that when it's shown on national television. Okay. It's and by the gonna, way, as, as I'm typing his responses in Twitter, there's plenty of Michigan State people on there kind of responding like, you know, come on, Tom, you got to yeah. be better than this. Yeah. You know? So exactly. it's not just – I mean, there's Michigan State people that love them mm -hmm. and love their school, love their team, but can also say, 
you need to be better. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a fair position to be in. You could you could support your team and Tom Izzo all day, but also be able to say you got to do a little better than that without right. persecuting the guy. So sure, sure. Anyway, I agree. All right, let's, um, I, you know, let's, move on. Quick, let's move on to the future really quick before yeah. we wrap this up. I know that you don't want to spend another minute in West Lafayette that you don't have to spend. Um, so we'll get you out of there in short order. And it wasn't Lafayette more than any other visiting city this year. <laughs> and by the way, oh my God, how could they make more of a big deal on the broadcast last night of, oh, this is a house of horrors for Tom Izzo, Mackey Arena. Well, yeah. Well, they usually, play, they usually play Purdue. <laughs> Purdue's pretty freaking good. With a, with a packed house. Yeah, yeah, with a packed house of those I mean, guys what screaming a stupid and hollering. narrative that is like the like Mackey Arena lost in the game last night. Come on. Oh, anyway, uh, yeah, let's move I think on to the, the future. Uh, been, yeah, yeah. This is a weird year for college basketball and college football. It's just, it's getting weirder given the transfer portal. I mean, I think since March first, there's been five, six hundred names at Division One men's players under the portal. It's kind of the wild, wild west. Um, I'm just curious what you see. I mean, there was a little news out of last night that Josh Langford has confirmed he's played his last game at Michigan State. Um, uh, so um, beyond that, well, um, and quickly here, because we, again, want to get you out of West Lafayette, but um, what, is, um, what does the future look like with the current roster? How do you see it playing out? I know it's impossible right now to predict entirely accurate because you don't know who's going in the portal. You don't know. I mean, it, the portal is just, it's, it, it's uh, you know, it's uh, all you can eat buffet at this point. I mean, it's just everyone's right. there. And, um, so, how do you see things shaking out with the current roster? Well, yeah, the funny thing is, we talked about it too. If 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 a name on that roster showed up in the portal, I'm not sure one of them would absolutely any one of them would absolutely stun me. Now, there's some you're pretty sure aren't. I'm not sure anyone would surprise me. Yeah, Josh Langford said last night he's played his last call, played his last game at Michigan State. Watch yourself there. That was clear. That was clear. Okay. Does he end up somewhere else? Keep your eyes peeled. That's all I'll say. Pay attention to where Josh Langford goes next. I don't think he's done playing in college. <laughs> say that. I think he's done at Michigan State. Could he change his mind? Sure. You know, nothing's binding. Um, but the reality is Michigan State, if ever, you know, they, they've got scholarship issues next year. If most guys don't come back, and there's not really a spot for Josh. You'd have to force somebody else out, or he's going to school paying on his own. So some of that's a reality. But as we know, are they really going to have scholarship issues? I mean, you'd expect Aaron Henry to go in the NBA draft again and probably keep his name in this time. So I don't think Aaron Henry's back. Whether he, it, it, We're not doing a debate of whether he gets drafted or not. I'm saying I think he's going to go be a pro. Um, but after that, you got a lot of potential questions. Does Foster Lawyer come back? You know, Does he say, the heck with that, I'm going to go transfer to mid-major and play? That could happen. Yeah, I think You've got be the best uh, best plan of attack. It, it might Boston. be. You got you got a lot of these bigs as we've talked about. It's none of them really stood out. I think Marcus Bingham really played well late in the season. Julius Marble did some things. So those two guys, you think back for sure. Mati Sissoko will be back for sure. You wonder about Thomas Kithier. Does he maybe seek another option, or is he happy being in the role he's at? I forgot. You know, those are questions. Um, <laughs> you got to look at the guard spot and a big question I think is rocket Watts. I mean, I would not be, he would be the one guy in that roster that would not shock me at all. If he, if he I, I wouldn't portal. either because that's when you start looking at who's coming in, where the playing. I mean, AJ Hogard's still going to be there. He's going to keep working as a point guard, but you've got, you know, Jade Nakins coming in. Who's really a point guard and a high level point guard. You're not just going to have that guy sitting on the bench. I'm not saying he's starting right away, 
but that's a guy in that role. But then you've got a couple scorers, wings, shooting guard types with Max Christie, a five-star, Pierre Brooks. I mean, these are guys that are going to be taking minutes. And where do you fit in Rocket Watts? I think that's a legitimate question. I wouldn't be stunned at all if he's in the portal. But, he, you know, that's certainly not a guarantee. I just think it's going to be fascinating to see I just how this that, roster, I just it, it just how it comes together. I just think it hasn't worked out with Rocket. And, and, uh, yeah, who knows? I mean, you know, it's 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 going to be – I mean, we're not even talking about Gabe Brown. I, I don't think – again, I don't think last night's thing was some big issue with Gabe Brown. I think Gabe Brown's going to be a guy that's be counted as a senior who can make some shots. We'll see again with rotation and some of these younger guys how it all works out with him. But I, I certainly would expect him back. Um, Joey Hauser, I, I would expect him back too, but that second half of the year was not good. Boy, oh, boy. Most, most of, boy, most of oh, the conference boy. season. Was not good. That was you know, rough. That was will rough. he play better? Will he play better with a better point guard? Maybe, you know. But I think his confidence got got shaken at times. So does he come back for a time? You got to like the way Malik Hall played second half of the year. Obviously, he's got a big role with this team. But it's there's going to be a lot. I really think potentially a lot of kind of shuffling in this. Pay attention to who might want to go somewhere else. Who might transfer. Um, we talked about the three guys coming in. I'm not even going to get into the Imani Bates thing. I don't think he ever plays a minute at Michigan State. Yes. Could he technically reclassify and join this class? Yes. Don't hold your breath. Um, so I, I just – there's a lot of potential change. Only Michigan, it's only Michigan roster, State. And we're not even – well, sure. Um, and the NCAA is not really moving their feet on that. So, you know, I, I the other thing is in, – and in you we just brought up the portal – Look at the names in there already. Oh my God! And you it's, better it's, believe. You better believe. Michigan State's looking. Are they looking for a better point guard? Are they looking for a score, a wing score, or a or, you know a dead eye shooter? Is there going to be a post player in there that they like? I mean, there's you know well, Penn you State's whole damn from, Yeah, you got good players from Penn State. You got this kid out of Northeastern that Michigan State's supposedly very high on this point guard. Uh, but the the portal man is is ruining my life. And sure enough, like every five seconds, there's another name in there. Greg Campy tells me he thinks there'll be eventually 2,000 Division I men's basketball players in the portal this year. That's out of like less than 5,000 total. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's shocking. And I, know Tom, I, and I know Tom hates it, but it's also reality. And he knows they all hate it and I'm they're going to have to get used to it. They all hate it. They have to. They have to get used to it. And if you look, look, right. Exhibit A is down the road in Ann Arbor. You know, Jawan Howard yeah. embraced it, and they they got some very key pieces in Brown and Smith, and and they're a number one seed, and those guys have been huge for them. You know, you have to embrace it. I know the coaches hate it. They think that this is free agency. It is. Uh, and but you know what? You adapt, or you or you know you you keep up with the times, or you fall behind, and you you done. And yep. this is, you know, Tom Izzo's done, a, you know, most of these coaches do a great job of keeping up with the new schemes on the floor and with the actual games and, you know, all, and what, what's working in college basketball today. Well, this is another thing, even though it's not on the floor, but this is another thing you have to keep up with. Um, it's not going away. I mean, the NCAA will eventually make this permanent that you get one transfer for free. Um, it's, it, it was this year. It will be next year. And they will vote it in this fall that will become a permanent thing. And so you're going to have to, you're going to have to yep. look at it and you're going to have to, and you know, you're just going to have to, uh, you're just going to have to adapt and if you don't adapt. You're losing. Yeah. And there's, like we said, there's already a lot of pretty interesting names in that portal players that could help Michigan state a lot. Well, there's power five um, guys that doesn't and, mean, there's, and there's, and there's yeah. 
elite guys from mid majors and the best, right. and that team, the best players on most mid majors teams, it seems like are, are leaving uh, for that spot yeah. of the power five. So, and it doesn't mean Michigan state just goes in and picks them and says, okay, I take you. Right. Obviously right. they, it's a whole nother recruiting thing, but there's already a lot of names in it and there's going to be more. And that's why I say I wouldn't be stunned if any player on MSU's roster ends up in it. Again, well, there's a lot that I think aren't likely to, Right. But I don't. I don't think anyone on that roster. If you said they're in the portal, are you really going to be floored by any name no. in there? No, uh, no, no way, no um, way. Not when you look at the players who are moving. It could be for a million different reasons. But this Steven, is I'll be, tell you what. I'll tell you what. One name, Steven Izzo. If he goes well, okay. in the portal, I'd be surprised by that. Uh, I, I would. But here's the other thing about the portal: because college coaches still can't recruit in person, right? Uh, that still hasn't been lifted. Well, how much easier is it to get film on these guys who've just oh, played yeah. a full season than these high school guys? You know, that makes a difference too. You've got all the film in the world on these portal guys. So yeah. there's another reason to adapt and to, you know, for this era, you know, this is the era where maybe that's the route you have to go. And I know Tom hates it. And I'm sure Jawan, if he had his choice, would have preferred to bring in eight five-star recruits over anybody from the portal. But, you know, look look at what they did. That's exhibit A of how the portal can help you as much as you may hate. Right. And the, the, I remember saying this at the end of football. I'm like, I said, this is going to be a fascinating offseason. And, and it has been to a certain extent. We've seen what Michigan State's done in both directions in the portal. I think with basketball, this is going to be I, – I, I can't come up with the word to describe what these next few months are going to be like. And not just at Michigan State. It's going to be everywhere. You're going to have to be constantly paying attention to see who's going where. Yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be remarkable. That's the best word I can come up with. Michigan State's roster will 100% look different next year. And I'm not talking just the three guys they recruited. Yep. It will look different. Who it's going to be, that's, that's, that's way, way, way tougher to gauge and, and predict who's gone, who might come in. And, and a lot of times – who you got to bring in is decided by who leaves, you know, you lose a spot that now. Right. And, that, and that's the other thing too. It's like, it's like, when do they leave? Okay. There's no deadline right now. Right. And that's another big problem. Um, there's no deadline for these college basketball players to leave at the moment. So they could leave now and enter the portal or they could leave in August and enter the portal. All right. So obviously now would be better. But we've seen over the last year or so, there's been a lot of guys who've waited till later. So that causes an issue. If Michigan State, if Rocket Watsford is to decide in August rather than now to leave, that's a problem. Um, eventually, I'm told the, the deadline will be for the future, probably starting next year and beyond, will be May 15th, will be the deadline of not being able to enter the portal anymore. But right now, and that just made, it's already the wild, wild west with the free year, the, the transfer without punishment, you can not have to sit. But that to have no deadline. I mean, it's 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 going to be wild. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, it'll be like doing NBA or baseball, whatever. Just be like doing free agency. Really, it is. Except there's a hell of a lot more players that are going to be out there than there are for Major League Baseball or the NBA. I mean, it's insane. Uh, you know, it, it's crazy too because you know there are, you have two classes of people. You have you have Power Five reserves who feel like they should be Power Five starters, or maybe they feel like I go to mid major and start. Uh, right. But mostly, you have mid majors who believe mid major stars who believe they should be power five, and so a lot of the mid major coaches feel like this whole new system is 
has made the mid-major level the kind of the minor leagues of power five. Um, that's a big concern as well. Um, it also gives false hope to mid-majors because not everyone that's entered that portal is going to be a power five player. So it's there's a lot of flaws here, as there all is with everything involved in the NCAA. Um, it's just uh, hopefully they can get this system locked down a little bit. And uh, uh, I think it's going to take like four or five years to iron it out before players realize that the portal is not the end all to salvaging, you know, your college career. I think it's going to take a few years before that happens. But right now it's so new that every player looks at the portal, like, you know, wide-eyed, like Christmas morning, you know, Oh, I can go wherever I want, you know, and that's, that's not the case. Um, but it's causing a lot of stress in the college basketball community. So if, speaking of stress, and how many of those players, yeah. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. No, real quick. How many of those players, how many of those players get left out? That's the and problem. And then they end up with nothing. That's the problem. And that's the worst spot. That's the, that's the scary spot. Yep. That's the scary thing. Yeah. And so that's why I think it's going to take a while, a few years before we get enough evidence of what happens before the players realize that it's not, um, it's not the entire saving grace to a college career um, that it might appear right now. But anyway, you need to leave West Lafayette because I've been there and I don't want you to spend any more time in West Lafayette. Um, no disrespect to the Denny's nice in West Lafayette. They're very nice at Denny's. But, uh, yeah, we need to get you out of there. So, Matthew, that is our last uh, last podcast for the basketball season. Well done. Um, I know it was uh, not the most fun season you've ever had, but uh, well done chronicling the weirdest season you've ever had. Um, you can follow, um, you're going to have more coverage coming in the coming days. It's about the future of Michigan State um, and whatnot. So check out DetroitNews.com for all of that, as well as all of our Michigan coverage. Michigan gets underway tomorrow, Saturday, um, in their uh, NCAA tournament run. So check out DetroitNews.com. And please, you know, if, you, if you're so inclined, get a subscription. We have great deals. I think dollar for three months or whatever, uh, um, less than the price of a cup of coffee. So check us out. Support local journalism. It's important because, again, you will miss us when we're gone, especially Charbonneau. So yeah. go ahead and sign up. Uh, but you can follow me on Twitter at Matt Charbonneau. You can follow me on Twitter at Tony Paul 1984. I got spring football to get to, pal. I'm All ready. Right. All right. Time for you to go home. Thank you. Goodbye.